Welcome to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers to provide you with tips, tactics, and strategies so that you can improve financial results in your brewery. I'm your host, Kerry Shumway, a CPA, CFO for a brewery, and a former CFO for a beer distributor. I've spent the last 20 years using finance to improve financial results in our beer business. Now I'm helping other craft breweries to do the same. Are you ready to take your brewery financial results to the next level? Okay, let's get started. A quick note before we get into today's podcast. Do you need to build a financial plan for your startup brewery? Our startup brewery financial course is perfect for breweries in the planning phase. The course is self-paced, includes videos, guides, and spreadsheet templates to help you build your brewery financial plan. We'll go into the sales planning process, all the steps to help you estimate sales through the tap room to retailers and to wholesalers. We'll talk about how to price your beer. We'll use a pricing matrix, which is going to help you price that beer at retail and how to price your beer to wholesalers. We'll go through our tap room tools. The tap room is the most profitable part of your brewery, and we'll talk about how to plan your sales, margins, and expenses. We'll also dig into startup costs, the capital that you're going to need, and how you can get funding. We'll talk about financing basics, those loan terms, typical loan structures, and the magic formula to get funding. So if you're interested in learning more about the how to build a startup brewery financial plan, you can go to craftbrewerryfinancialtraining.com, go to the shop, and get all the details. So for now, please enjoy today's podcast. Hello and welcome to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast. My name is Kerry Shumway, and I'll be your host. Today I speak with Laura Lodge, co-founder of startabrewery.com. We talk about who the site is for and what they'll find there, the organization of the information from planning, acting, opening, and growing your own brewery. We talk about the biggest challenges when starting a brewery and really how to think about the pieces that you'll need to organize, the order in which you'll need to do things. We'll also talk about the biggest needs for breweries right now and favorite lessons learned from Laura's experience working in the beer business. So for now, please enjoy my conversation with Laura Lodge from startabrewery.com. Hi, Laura. Welcome to the podcast. So let's start with a little bit of background about you. Uh, Tell us about yourself and how you got into the beer industry. Well, thank you, Carrie. Thank you for having me this morning. Um, my entry into the beer world was was has been a really interesting winding path, and I think it's um, it's interesting to see which chapters of that that kind of beer universe have come along one at a time, and how they each contribute to the ones that follow. My original entry into beer was through my brother. He had um, started brewing with friends at Colorado State and wanted to um, open a brew pub. And in order to do that, um, they they started out with a, um, a mission in Denver. This was in the 90s when the whole micro craft craze was going on. It was microbrew then. And it was really interesting to, um, to see what happened. It was, it was um, they contract brewed at that time because they wanted to grow the brand to the point where they could um, you know, afford the the capital and overhead to to buy a brewery and to do their own thing. And he ended up finding out that selling in Denver against all these other competing brands didn't work as well as coming up into the mountains. And um, he had come to the mountains every 
every holiday or every summer or every Christmas or whatever during college. And so he already knew a lot of people up there. So bringing his beer and those of some of the people that he was um, making friends with that are on the same path that he was down in Denver, bringing their beer up to the mountains turned out to be a better proposition and worked better. And um, ultimately, he moved the whole thing up into the mountains and it became a distribution company rather than a brewery. So his dream definitely shifted. And I had said at some point, you know, if this is something you want to do, if you move it up into the mountains, I'll help you with it. So I ended up learning about micro brew craft beer in the early 2000s on the distribution tier. And, and he was a small independent distributor on the Western Slope. And so all of the aches and pains that go with a small business, that go with a family business, that go with an independent distributorship um, were, were kind of my introduction to what the beer universe was about. And it was interesting to be part of the first Craft Beer Wholesalers Conference when they had it in San Diego and um, Arlen and Greg from Stone decided that that all of us who were trying to sell craft beer needed to share with each other. And um, instead of reinventing the wheel, learn from the people that have already taken that step and learn some tips and tricks and uh, help each other to grow this, this tiny little niche of things. So distribution is where I started. Um, I It became painfully clear at some point not too far in that brewers had no real reason to understand distribution. Um, that was still the era where um, this breweries didn't switch distributors. The franchise laws kept everything kind of rock solid and, and in one place. And it didn't change. The landscape was what it was. And if you were lucky enough to grow and find a distributor that would take you on, that was kind of the definition of success at that point. And so we've really, we've really changed the whole fabric of what the beer world looks like. But distribution is a really big way to see that. Um, we had at that time, uh, we had a couple of instances of people who pulled up randomly out of the blue and got growlers out of their car and showed up with no appointment, uh, t-shirt, ripped jeans. Hey, you guys want to taste some beer and maybe sell it for me. And um, we really have come from that point all the way to the point where now we're advocating that you completely build the brand all the way by yourself before you even look for distribution. So it's really been an interesting distribution adventure. But I did, um, at that time, uh, breweries pretty much felt like when they signed up with a distributor, they could fire their entire sales team and turn it over. And anything that happened or didn't happen at that point uh, was the, the fault or the credit. They rarely gave the credit, but it was the faults of the distribution company. And so I wrote a book about that because I wanted the brewers to understand what the distribution tier was about and how it worked and why why you would do yourself a service as well as the distributor a service to be prepared and be a good partner, a good active partner in the market. And that has that was really the place where I started in craft beer. I got to know a lot of people. Um, I, I stopped working with my brother, but before that happened, um, we collaborated on the idea of, well, it was his idea to have a trade show that was open to the public because he had a whole bunch of imports. If you can think of the import company, he carried it. And the public didn't understand that kind of beer. Why would I pay more for that? 
And so he wanted to have um, an opportunity, an open trade show, a trade show that the public could attend and sample what was what's now craft beer and the imports to to understand why they would want to like request that from their liquor store or why those buyers would want to bring that in. And it was really um, it turned into the Big Beers, Belgians and Barley Wines Festival. And he wasn't super interested in setting up tables and, and coordinating. And that became my mission. And 20 years later, 22 years later, um, we're still doing it, but it has really completely just like distribution in the face of craft beer. It's completely changed. Um, so anyway, we carried big beers forward and um, I ended up doing a bunch of other things, but I settled in a resort in Vail. I live in Vail. So the ski resort piece of things and the tourism business is normal for me. And the general manager of the of the resort that I was working at, I was working in the accounting department to take a break. And he said, you understand beer. And there's there's 40,000 people in Denver. It was GABF time. There's 40,000 people in Denver, all there for craft beer. And no one in the Vail Valley is doing anything for craft beer. And I want people to come here to our place for craft beer. I want these people to have a reason to come up and a reason to stay here. So if you would help us create that program and figure out how to establish that and how to connect with our suppliers and create uh, a list and, and train our staff and do some promotional events. And so that was that was the beginning of the best job of my whole life right there. I mean, if I had a bad day, I could hide in the cooler and do inventory. Um, on good days, I could do there were a lot of good days. There were rarely a bad day, but um, work with the chefs, work with the staff. Um, we did tastings. We had food pairings. We had featured flights. Um, we had a whole bunch of suppliers, uh, breweries uh, that were interested in tasting the guests in the hotel. So every Wednesday, um, we'd have a rotating panel of people who came to just do tiny tasters for the for the guests as they would check in and come in off the slopes. So that was super fun. And I've I've done that for a number of hotels now. And that was kind of the beginning of customized craft beer programs and 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 the idea of being able to do events of different kinds in different places is really cool. So I've done that for a long time. Um, I've worked with the Brewers Association for Saver and GABF. I've done a lot of things, um, some really cool events with uh, craft beer and brewing. We did a brewer's retreat. Um, several brewers retreats that were basically come homebrew with some of your heroes at, at crazy, awesome resorts. Um, and so that's been a lot of fun. But this latest adventure, this start a brewery has come as a result of doing a lot of presenting at different conferences. And that's been primarily about distribution, although it spills over to events sometimes. And Candace Moon has become a friend of mine originally through Pink Boots. Uh, but we've done a lot of presenting about distribution. We do the good, the bad, and the ugly. And she does the legal side, and I do the philo philosophical strategic side. And so when she had this opportunity come up, um, it's been a cool pandemic project, and I think it will continue to, to move forward in a great way. So there's my meandering, like where beer became part of my life. But my beer family is is super important to me, and I think it's really cool that we're getting to see each other in person a little more often now. That's fantastic. That's certainly a wide and varied background that you have. It's a little crazy. 
I think, yeah, many start as, hey, I was a home brewer and I loved it. And so I started a brewery and here I am. And you've really touched pretty much all aspects of the business. That's that's amazing. Um, I want to double back and just underscore a couple points. And then I then I want to dig in on the, the Starter Brewery project that you're working on now. Take us so that you've written a book on distribution. Um, and I'm going to link to the show notes so people can check that out and see the table of contents and, and get that. So since the time you wrote it, any has anything changed, any updates uh, that you'd maybe like to, to highlight here? Um, I've been considering the the necessity of of doing a part two or an updated version or a something because the the face of distribution and the the navigation of distribution has changed so much. So absolutely. I think that I did put an addendum on the website at one point talking about brand collectors and mega distributors because there didn't used to be that in any any large sense of the word. There didn't used to be people who would actively court you for your brand rights only to not build your brand. There didn't used to be people that would come find you and and sign an agreement to sell your beer only to say, well, if you want to sell it, you have to sell it. We'll just deliver it for you. And the idea of having a contract be presented to you that, that actually literally says, we will not build your brand. We are not responsible for the development of your brand in this market. You are responsible for the development of your brand and we will um, take orders and deliver for you and we will maintain your inventory. It was kind of foreign. And I do I do some consulting for distributors and for breweries um, with regard to relationships. And, and I think the biggest piece of that that I've done has been contract review. And I'm not an attorney. I don't pretend to be. But the the operational pieces of what should be in that contract and what kind of those, um, I want to call it like a pit trap, you know, like you're running along the trail and all of a sudden the ground opens out from under you and there's alligators in some big hole down there and you didn't even know it was there. I think being able to spot those things in a contract and and I'm a believer in putting everything in your contract. Um, I think some of those pieces have become more relevant. But at the same time that everything's changed, I think the fundamental principles remain the same. So I don't think that anything in the original version no longer applies, but I do think that there are there are now places where the things that ought to apply become less relevant and you're you're now building in safety and you're building in some some like double check, triple check 14 reports instead of two. Uh, because I really want to know what you're doing with my brand. And I really want to make sure that I matter in your portfolio because the the portfolios have become so enormous. So I think that there's a lot of challenges. There have always been challenges, but I think that they've grown exponentially bigger over time. And I think the the things that might have been briefly highlighted in the original version of my book about managing your distributor partner, and being a good partner can can really be blown out into further detail of of more strategies about how to actually stay on somebody's radar and how to matter how to how to get that mind share and i think in many cases well i don't know what you've been recommending lately but 
the business plan that I've been recommending for the last five years has to do with zero distribution. It's more of the um, community taproom model where if you've got, I don't know, a mile radius in all directions from your brewery where you are the primary player or you and another brewery are the primary places that your community will come to gather, that that to me now is more successful. And to all those people that I've given that advice to, I'm sorry, there was a pandemic, right? Because all of a sudden that wouldn't have required packaging unless you wanted to do some limited packaging to go. And so navigating that has certainly been an unexpected surprise, an unpleasant surprise. But I do think once we get our feet under us after this, it will again be the most successful, the the, the model, the business model with the most potential for success again. Hmm. Yeah, I do agree with that. I think it's interesting though, the the folks that I talk to have different, I think goals, dreams, ideas about what they want to do with their beer. And many of them want to be out in distribution, but haven't really articulated a business reason for that. They, they, I'd love to see my beer out at such and such a restaurant or on such and such a, mm-hmm. a, a store shelf. You know, it's it's maybe a feeling of success just because maybe that's how they thought it worked, as opposed to a sort of financial or economic success, which I think you and I have seen very often. It, the opposite is true. It's it's hard to make money that way unless you really dig in, but. Yeah, the zero distribution model is very interesting. I I tend to advocate for a, a a bit of a hybrid model, which is certainly start tap room zero distribution only. Um, look at local, very tight geography, self distro, so you have some control over, and you can kind of test the market. And and furthermore, it does give you a little bit of diversification um, in terms of your revenue streams. So to your to your point, I, I I don't think anybody would have predicted what happened with the pandemic, but to have um, sort of multiple sales streams like that is is never a bad thing. And then, you know, certainly what came of the pandemic with you know e-commerce and you know new new ways of getting that beer to the consumer. Uh, th- those are probably curious. here to stay. Yeah, I'll be curious to see what stays. Yeah. If you're going to be able to do curbside pickup, and if you're going to be able to deliver alcohol to people's homes from your brewery, those those are awesome. Um, but yeah, I, you know, the idea of being able to sell as much of your own beer over the bar as possible. And then when you have too much to be able to reach out at your own speed, your own way to your own people. And then if you have more to continue that outreach, I think that's perfect ideal. Yep. I would agree with that. Yeah. It's certainly the most profitable way to go. And then, you know, you, you identify what's going to sell, you connect with the consumer you're in a much better position to take it outside of your own doors. Mm-hmm. Um, so certainly a huge topic, and I'll, I'll uh, steer folks to the book, to the website, so they can learn more about distribution. Um, but I want to shift now to your latest project, uh, Start a Brewery. So tell tell us a bit about this. How did this idea come about? Um, yeah, tell us about the project. I think it's a fun story. I think that the idea of it being purely of the pandemic is 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 going to be interesting going forward. It's kind of a do you remember? Um, Candace has said that if it were not the pandemic, if she had not been stuck at home, if it had been more normal times and she had received this email from some random person saying, hey, do you want to buy this 
you know, internet address, this URL, the, 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 the answer is delete, right? You know, you don't know this person. It's got to be some scam. What? Why would you do that? And in this case, it was the pandemic and she was sitting at home and she was actually looking at some of these emails that came from people she'd never heard of. And that one struck a chord. And, and the email, I don't, I didn't see the email, but it said something along the lines of, it looks like you would be a person who might have a use for this website. And startabrewery.com just kind of rang that bell of, you know, we have, and, and, our, and you and all of our peers have, have for so long been teaching and preaching the same stuff over and over and over again. A lot of the basic questions we answer, I don't know how many billion times. And, and the thought was, what if we put it somewhere that was free and open to the public so that a lot of these basics could be covered before we're working with these people so that when you're spending time with them, that there is a, a, a higher level, like a higher bar of basic knowledge that's available to everyone so that our consulting time or our visiting time or our answering of questions could be a little bit more advanced and a little more to the point of getting into the topic rather than building the basic framework of understanding before we get there. So the anyway, so she sent out an email um, to a few of the people um, in, in Beer World that are close to her and said, so what do you think about this? And she maintains that I was the one who bugged her the most and stuck with it the longest. Um, but my Big Beers Festival mission, now that I work for myself, um, opened a big hole in my schedule and in my universe as far as you know time spent. And so I actually had the time to, to work on this. And all the resources from all the presentations that we've given and all of the talks and all of the people that I've helped to recruit for some of the other workshops and things that I have um, worked on as a contractor, as a consultant, I have I've been in charge of doing a lot of recruiting to present about starting a brewery. So the number of resources that I'd gathered on my side and the amount of material that we both had just easily lent itself to, why don't we do this and ask the people who specialize in the other areas who we present with all the time, why don't we ask them if they're interested in bringing some, some information, some educational information to the table as well. So, um, so yeah, so that was the beginning of where this happened. It was last September. It's, it's been a year ago now. And um, it was definitely a, a process of starts and stops to figure out what we were going to do with it. Mm, for sure. So the name implies, you know, start a brewery. It sounds like it's for folks that want to start a brewery. But when you sort of conceptualized it, how did you think about where people were at in different phases of that um, you know, thinking about a brewery or they're actively, how did you put that together and, and organize the material to kind of meet people where they were in the, in, on the path? Well, most of the time we would end up talking to people who either were dreamers and, and really kind of looking to poke holes in their own dream. Like what are my challenges going to be? Um, what's the reality of this? Uh, but hadn't really done any homework, hadn't really gotten into it. And then the, the the next group of people we would see, probably more than the dreamers, were the people that were seeing an actual, were building an actual structure, were working on 
a business plan. We're working on the idea of putting numbers. And I always say that you know somebody's serious when they start actually looking at the numbers. And we're starting to see those people who would say, okay, so I have an idea where I would want this brewery to be. And I maybe even have a location for this brewery. And either I am or my my partner is a, a home brewer for the most part. And so now what? Um, or we know what kind of equipment we'd want, but we don't know anything about the municipal stuff. Like wh- what kind of rules and laws are there? Um, so so those kinds of, of places are where we would normally see people in the startup world. But then we also started seeing more people who had already started. Their doors were already open, but they had missed some pieces along the way and they didn't know what they were or they were starting to see what they were and they needed to fix that. And then some others who began at a basic level had opened their doors and were, were seeing success and so were ready to take the next steps but weren't really quite sure how to do that. So there's a number of, I guess, sweet spots along the path, along the continuum of opening your own small business and and then you know taking adding a layer on top of that of what does it take for that small business to be a brewery? And then once you get started, how do I refine that, improve that, grow on that? And um, the, the idea of the structure of the site was how do we, and it's it's a really interesting challenge um, just on its face. How do you take opening a small business and divide it up into digestible, understandable parts? Um, so there were there were a lot of starts and stops. Uh, my friend Misty, who does the the graphic design and and stuff for Big Beers, agreed to take on the web development because she has a similar hole in her schedule because there's no Big Beers, and so. She and I would work on something and then I'd go back to Candace and Candace and I would meet twice a week and we'd brainstorm that and we'd take a look at what Missy put out there and then we'd reframe that and start again and restructure it. And it did, it was quite a process. And we finally landed on plan, act, open and grow as, as understandable time periods. So we decided that the time periods were were the best way to divide the content that needed to be on the site. And then within each time period and across all time periods, we would have areas like accounting, areas like distribution, areas like legal, uh, then areas like tap room and ingredients and location and brewery design. So coming up with all of the categories then within, within the site. So it's divided up plan, act, open and grow. But then across the site, it's also divided up into these missions of, of developing your business. And it kind of, I guess, depends on how your brain works. For me, kind of conceptually, that comes out in a grid. So you've got your, your time periods and you've got each of your categories. And within each time period in that category, there's stuff that needs to be done. And I personally think the most valuable part of the site right now um, because we're just we're just scratching the surface of creating this educational library. There's great content already, but we're still scratching the surface of where it can go. And I, I think the most valuable part right now is the task list within each time period within each category. Because I, I truly think that the the most uh, 
difficult space for anybody opening a small business is what do I not know? What am I missing? What do I have zero idea I need to even be thinking about? And so to to try to answer that question with, you should be doing all these things in tandem and you shouldn't miss any of the pieces. And clearly you're going to prioritize some of the stuff in plan over other the stuff in plan in terms of when you start and how far you need to get with one thing before you need to be working with another thing. I mean, you need to find your location before you can start designing your brewery because you know, those things, those things have to happen in an order. The cart and the horse cannot be transposed or you have a broken cart. So I think that, um, I think that's the, the, in terms of structure, I think where we got to is a good place. And most people that I've spoken with who have navigated it have found those pieces for the most part. Um, and from any place you can get to any other place because we have a floating men- menu kind of that lives on the right all the time. And you can get to any of the category pages or the library or plan, act, open, or grow. You know, you can get to any of those places at any time. So you don't have to get there through any other place. Yeah, I hope I'm making sense. <laughs> makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I, you know, I, I hear, I hear similar things where there is either a dream or even someone in the planning stage. And I like how you kind of delineated that's, you know, someone, you know, somebody's serious when they start looking at the numbers. And I, I would agree with that. Um, and those are the folks that tend to ask all these questions. Like you said, what am I missing? Uh, they don't know what they don't know. And they really just want to make sure they're taking into account all the things they need to know about. And it's like a puzzle, right? And then, then you say, well, here's all the pieces. And then you can kind of give them some starting points as to which pieces kind of need to go first. So that edge the, pieces. Yeah, the edge pieces, right? So if we do that analogy of a puzzle and you say, yeah, you start with the edge pieces, I guess. Um, and you gave a very nice overview of the the framework of the site. What what would you say are a few, just a handful of starting points? So if you're gonna if you're gonna say the edge pieces when you're starting a brewery are, what, how would you guide someone on on that? Um, I think two of the most common are going to be location and financing. Um, another is is your partnership, the structure of your ownership and and the, and the legality that goes into to creating that structure in a robust way in a thoughtful way that allows for things in the future and growth and divorce and all those things um i think that some of the pieces that often are pushed off to the side are things like the name of your brewery is never pushed off to the side, but the actual search to talk about trademarking, um, the actual homework to assess the other breweries in your area, how well they're doing, where they are, what they what they do in terms of packaging or self-distribution, uh, when they're busy. I think some of that homework gets glossed over and i don't i don't know quite how to put words to this but there's there's something in the small business ownership that i have seen across all industries but particularly in food and beverage which would include breweries 
there's a certain feeling that my small business is magic and my small business is of course going to succeed because it's my magic. And I have seen restaurant after restaurant after restaurant go into the same physical location and fail. And I have wondered what they were thinking. And they're not. I mean, that's the answer. They're not. Um, but there's this this feeling of magic that I'm going to go down my path because my path and my dream are the thing. And of course, it's going to succeed. And I would I would challenge you to be open to walking that path a different way in a different place, because there may be a better strategic way, a better business approach to the dream that you are now trying to assemble. And I think that probably the big word is hubris, but I think that the idea that that the thing that you have envisioned, that that's the only way it could be envisioned, and that's the most successful way it could be envisioned, is inherently a flawed idea. I think if you're open to different business models and you're open to different partnerships and you're open to different locations and strategies about living this dream and what that dream looks like, I think you can go farther faster and more efficiently and have a better chance of succeeding. And I think that that's a, a bigger picture that that perhaps is not so popular. That's, that's great guidance. Um, and I have heard that a lot too. You know, this can't fail. It's impossible. Everybody loves my beer, right? And then, well, you gotta, that may be true, but so I liked how you defined, because I think a lot of times it's really prioritizing, you know, what do I need to do in what order? And I liked how you said location financing partnership, you know, getting your legal stuff in order, you know, considering your trademarking intellectual property and homework is impossible, not impossible. Homework is challenging and it's time consuming. And it, that's probably why people gloss it over because it's, it may not be the most enjoyable part of the process, but certainly is is a critical one. So I think that when you're putting together your business plan, I think that there are a lot of people in the business world that would really appreciate seeing some of that homework. And I think perhaps in the banking and financing world, it could matter a lot. For sure. So if you look at it, maybe we've already touched on some of these but in your experience, like, what do you see as the biggest challenges when starting a brewery? And that could be just, you know, this this seems to come up over and over again, uh, or this can be a really big stumbling block. What are those challenges? Uh, let me hold that for a second, Carrie, because this, well, somebody answered it. Sorry about that. Um, the biggest stumbling block in terms of, tell me again, sorry. Yeah, I'll just, that's fine, because I'll cut that now. I'll just go... Um, repeat the question. Let's see. Okay. Ready? Mm -hmm. So in your experience, you know, what are the biggest challenges when starting a brewery? And we may have touched on some of these already, but, you know, as you've worked with clients or, or heard from different folks or just conversationally, you know, what are those challenges that you've, that you've seen that people face the most when starting a brewery? I think that, that one of the biggest pieces is that you're trying to do all this while you're working a full-time job. And that that is a challenge on top of the obvious challenges of the financing piece and how much am i willing to put on the line how much I, am i willing to risk for this dream um and there's some there's some uncomfortable spots i think in financing for most people 
because they're looking to see if you want to like put your house on the line. You're, are you emptying your 401k? Are you stripping the, the, the comfort of your future in order to do this? I think those are some, some pretty powerful pain points. Um, I think another one that I see is I have this dream location, but it doesn't really have what I need. And do I want to put the extra capital into making this dream location have what I need, or do I want to rethink that? Um, so I think there's some of those pieces are difficult um, because I've been, you know, presenting with and, and working with Candace for such a long time. I run into people or her stories more or less about people who have everything invested in the name of a brewery and find that somebody else did that um, in some way, you know, that's, that's a tough space. And I think that there's, there's a number of, of other things, you know, branding can be challenging. What does my brand look like? What do I stand for? What's my story? And, and going back to what you said earlier, my story needs to be something other than I'm a home brewer and everybody loves my beer. So I'm opening my own brewery. Um, so I think that there are some, uh, some places sometimes that are more operationally challenging, sometimes more conceptually challenging, sometimes um, just nuts and bolts of how do I get around this thing? There's TTB challenges and all sorts of municipal red tape and stuff always takes, what, twice as long as you think it's going to take. Um, there's bumps in people's backgrounds, legal issues, like I had a DUI, what what's what kind of trouble is that going to cause me with the TTB? Um, you know, are there things like that that are going to get in the way and slow the process down and, and cause me to reinvent all of my paperwork again? Do I pay somebody to do some of this stuff? Do I try to do it all myself? That's a big one. You know, what do you delegate? What do you look for a consultant to do? How much should you be willing to pay that person? And how much, how do you know you can trust them? That's a hard one. So I think that there are a lot of spaces and places where, where some people, when they walk into this process and they, they start, they already have some of those pieces in place. They already know some people. They already have spoken with some people that they can count on to be mentors or can count on to bail them out or give them an opinion or let them know if they're missing something. And, and there are others who don't. And I, I truly think that one of the biggest awesomeness pieces about Start a Brewery is that there the resources are pretty complete. So if you don't have a financing leg up, if you don't have a mentor in the brewing industry, if you don't have a brewery around the corner, if you don't have a buddy who's already been brewing for however long, that that the site will give you a leg up and resources to be able to ask those questions to people who are willing to accept questions out of the blue from people they've never heard of to, to really help you find what you need to get started or to keep going or to clear that hurdle. And, and I think that over and above the goal of just having a, a better, a better educated group of people getting into this business I think the idea of, of being able to welcome additional people into the business who might not otherwise have known where to begin or have that leg up. I think providing that leg up through the site is kind of a cool premise and a good opportunity. Absolutely. 
So we've been through obviously a tough time the last year and a half or so, and even before that with so much more competition, you know, in craft breweries. So, you know, it's always relative to, boy, it was hard. And then, boy, I didn't know it was going to be that hard. So all these different challenges. Are there any favorite lessons learned that you've had either over the last year to 18 months or even prior? And I guess relatedly, this could be for, from startups or existing breweries, um, just keys to success, things that you just kind of have to have to get right to be successful in as a craft brewery. Um, there have been so many of those little keys along the way, and they have they have changed as we go. Um, I, I think if I were to to draw a, a big umbrella over everything, it would be um, plan and partnership. I think planning is something that that people really really need to to do to invest time in to take the time for, and I, I think that being a good partner whether it's within your own business or whether it's with it, with your customers, if you're self-distributing or being a good partner to your distribution partner, I think the open, transparent communication, the willingness to um, accept constructive criticism, to have those tough conversations, to, to do your part and be accountable. I think that that whole partnership piece and the planning piece, I think the two of those hand in hand are really the, the key to success, uh, being open then to everything you're getting back and being willing to shift and shuffle and pivot um, would make you more adaptable in the business world and more likely to be able to continue to move ahead, especially with what we've just gone through. But I also think that there are some, some pieces within whether specific to distribution, specific to legal, specific to accounting, specific to whatever. Um, one of them that keeps coming up over and over that I've heard is you have to do inventory. You have to do inventory. You have to do inventory consistently, constantly, over and over, more times than you think would ever be appropriate. Because otherwise, how do you know what you're missing? How do you know what is really happening in your brewery? And And I think that there are some things like that I think cleanliness bites you in the butt far before inventory does um, because your beer's bad. And God forbid, I mean, you don't want your reputation, your image. You don't want anybody having subpar beer. So please throw it away. Please dump it. Um, but people who just fail to do inventory on a consistent basis, I think they don't understand the, the potential business damage they're creating for themselves. And I think there are some of those things. It's like line cleaning. It's it's not going to be invisible for long. Mm, good points. Yeah, the fundamentals are always important, right? And I would agree. I think a lot of times those are the things that maybe not necessarily cleanliness. I think you know, I think quality is usually top of mind. Maybe safety is a close second. Um, but certainly those business fundamentals, like doing a regular inventory count. Do you know what you have on hand? Do you have safety stock? Um, is this? Are these materials still? of a usable quality, you know, how old are they, you know, things of that nature. Um, right. And I think as we wander through this cultural shift too, I think there's some new, um, some new things coming to the surface that, that as business people we're we're skipping in terms of taking care of our employees and understanding what creating a culture for our, our brewery is. And I think we need to be more mindful about that too. And it's easy to overlook because you don't, as a small business, you don't have the funds for an HR department. 
you don't have the bandwidth to be creating a lot of the stuff that would be a great thing to have for your team. And so making time and being deliberate about designing, crafting, living that cultural piece, I think is is becoming just as key as doing inventory. Um, but it's a soft skill. It's a it's not something that's easily measured. It's not something that is is going to be noticeably absent until it hits you in the face in a way that is really hard to recover from. And I think that that we're learning more. And I think we we all owe it to each other and to our businesses and to our employees to to be more mindful and and more deliberate and more transparent about that too. Absolutely. Well, Laura, this has been great. The website is startabrewery.com. It's a great name. Um, if folks want to learn more about you, uh, get in touch, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, I would say, I mean, startabrewery.com, um, customizedcraftbeerprograms.com, distributioninsight.com. All of those have a contact us, but you're welcome to email me directly either at laura at startabrewery.com or laura at customizedcraftbeerprograms.com. If you're interested in big beers, there's a contact us on the big beers site as well. Um, so lots of ways to reach me, but I'm always happy to support. And and one of the new things that's been fun for me is this BA mentor program. I've really enjoyed, um, this is the first time I've been a mentor and it's really gratifying to be able to to share it and help and find that 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 my path is able to help some other people along their paths. And I think that that's a good program to look into also if you're starting out and you could use some help. That's a great, great advice. Awesome. Well, Laura, thanks so much for the time. Very much appreciate it. Thank you back. I really appreciate being here. It's been great to, to visit and connect. Thank you for listening to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers so that you can improve financial results in your brewery. For more resources, tools, guides, and online courses, visit craftbreweryfinancialtraining.com. And don't forget to sign up for the world-famous Craft Brewery Financial Training Newsletter. Until next time, get out there and improve financial results in your brewery today.